0: Welcome to Woofle's Press
1: Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Woffle.
0: Welcome. I'm Gary Woffle, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Packers Podcast. Rob, good morning.
1: Good morning, Gary. How are you?
0: I am doing well. I had my bowl of Lucky Charms, so I'm ready to roll. <laughs> oh
1: boy, that'll, that'll get anybody going in the morning.
0: Normally I get these, you know, small packages of Lucky Charms. I got a humongous one that should last me through the epidemic here. So. <laughs> anyway, I don't know,
1: Gary, Gary, if that was in my house, it would last 24 hours or less. My, my kids devour that stuff. so
0: I can imagine. Rob, uh, we have a lot of topics to uh, banter about today, but uh, let's begin by talking about the uh, Packers-Eagles game. Uh, the Packers uh, came out and were pretty much in control. Well, what is it with their second quarter this year? I mean, it, it's crazy. It's almost like they, they flip a switch and uh, they they take off in that second quarter.
1: You know, they've started pretty quick overall. I think I think nine out of the 12 games, Gary, they've scored on the opening drive, but but you're right. They, they seem to put things together pretty well in that second. And even the third quarter really well. You just gave me a story idea that I want to look at as, as the week goes on here, Gary. But th- there can't be many teams in football better than the back-to-back that the Packers also pull, right, to, to finish the first half. And then it, on, on, these, on the weeks where they get the ball to start the third quarter, they are so good in terms of, of scoring to finish a half. And then scoring to start the next half, but you're right. That second quarter has been, um, you know, kind of a, a panacea for them. It was 14, nothing again, the other day, um, I think against the Eagles in that second quarter, they turned a three, nothing deficit into a 14, three lead by the break. The one thing they've got to do a better job though, Gary is closing out games. They've been outscored in the fourth quarter. Sunday was no different. Again, uh, Hertz gave the Eagles a little bit of a spark. Then again, the miserable special teams that continues to linger and, and could eventually cost green Bay down the road um, reared its ugly head when Rager had the 77 yard punt return for a touchdown Gary to, to make that game far closer than, than I think anybody thought it was going to be that, that game went from 23, three to 23, 16 in the blink of an eye. And then Jones had to put it away with a, with a long late touchdown run. But um, overall, Gary, I just, I thought it was a, a, a pretty impressive showing again, top to bottom. They, they, they were pretty darn good again on defense, led to the, the, the benching of, of Carson Wentz. Uh, I, I think a passer rating of about 57 the other day. I mean, he, he was borderline miserable. I, I know his wide receivers are garbage and um, the offensive line is a mess for them right now. But Green Bay made Wentz look pretty bad. The Packers had seven sacks Gary and got it done on that side of the ball Two from Kingsley Kiki, who, who obviously has to step up now with Montrevious Adams being out, he's going to get more snaps and more playing time. Dean Lowry had a really solid game. They got another sack and a half from Rashawn Gary, who keeps, who keeps kind of ascending here and a sack and a half again from Zadarius Smith. Those two will probably be your outside linebackers a year from now. Hell, they're the, Two starting outside linebackers, right now, this is back to back weeks that Rashawn Gary has, has opened the game instead of Preston Smith. And do you, do you uh, think
0: that's a fluke, or do you think that's something we're going to see now, you know, the rest of the way?
1: Yeah, I got a kick out of it last week, Gary. The uh, the, the, the coaches and, and players over there, all you know, two weeks ago in that game where Rashawn Gary opened up uh against the Bears. I, I think Gary, he played the first three series um, mm-hmm. with, with Zadarius Smith. It was the fourth series before we even saw Preston and we're about t- 11, 12 snaps into the game the other day before we saw Preston again. Now last week they all sold it as well. That that's just the various package. We chose to open the game in. There are certain packages where we, where we run with, with Zadarius and Preston is what they said. There are certain packages they run with with Preston and with Rashawn Gary and then there are certain packages they run with Gary and Zedarius and then there's packages they run with all three and they use the excuse that that just happened to be Zedarius and Gary's package well uh, uh, Gary you know for what we're talking a year and a half a, a year and two thirds mm-hmm. they hadn't opened a game in that package whatsoever they opened in <laughs> Preston right so yeah. it's coach speak is what it is it's it, it's trying to soften the blow to a veteran like Preston who has been passed now by Rashawn Gary Sunday marked the second game in a row uh, again Rashawn Gary was was really really good in that in that football game um, uh, clearly an ascending player I'll be honest I I wasn't quite sure that this was going to happen and the light would would go on for him but um you know we're talking a sack and a half again the other day a tackle for loss two quarterback hits this guy's really coming on big time and um right now gary i i don't see them going back to to preston at least in the next game or two over over rashawn at least to open the game maybe there'll be certain games where they open with three outside linebackers and, and they'll kick one down inside or something like that. But that doesn't, that doesn't usually happen or make a lot of sense. They'll, they'll open in base or nickel more than they would do that. So I would certainly think at least right now, Rashawn Gary is, is the second outside linebacker on that football team. And Hey, if, if that's going to motivate Preston Smith to play harder and, and maybe play better down the stretch, I think it's a win-win for the coaching staff, because like we talked about Preston's probably not going to be there a year from now, your two outside linebackers are going to be, Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary. And, and this bodes well, I would say, for 2020 and down the road.
0: You know, Rob, I, I totally agree. I thought overall the Packers played uh, more than solidly. If there was a downer, though, it was the uh, punt return for a touchdown. Now, that's the second time that has happened this season, okay? And I got to thinking, like, my goodness, uh, I can't remember the Packers giving up, you know, two touchdowns on punt returns you know, a long, long time, right? Well, Jerry Tapp, who uh, does this fabulous uh, stats count for Wolf's Press Box, pointed out that the last time the Packers gave up two or more touchdowns on a punt return was
1: 1964. <laughs> yep, I looked that nice. up myself, Gary. It's, it's almost unbelievable, isn't it? That, And we're talking a stretch of what, four games? Yeah. Yeah. It it was Jacksonville where Cole had the 91 yarder and, and this week with the 77 yarder. Yeah, no, it's, it's unbelievable. And I think Sean Meninga is a nice guy, Um, but you know what? My dad's a nice guy. My mailman's a nice guy. The, the guy down the street, you know,
0: you're not saying that about me. What's wrong?
1: (laughs) You're you're, you're a hell of a nice guy too. Gary. the, the, The butcher on the street who, you know, gives me chicken and hamburgers to grill every few nights. He's a, he's a hell of a nice guy, but I'm not sure I want him running my special teams. It's where I'm going with that is that I think all this, all this nonsense that has happened over the last five or six games when it comes to special teams is probably going to cost Menenga his job. You think so? I I do. I I mean, Gary, let's look at this laundry list, right? I mean, Cole goes for the 91 yard touchdown return a few weeks ago in the Jacksonville game mm-hmm. Rager has the 77 yarder on Sunday and in really I mean Gary we, we could do a whole podcast on on how J.K. Scott really needs to learn how to tackle and if and if he can't or at least have the courage to try to tackle probably shouldn't be on an NFL roster because you want to talk about a guy being the cowardly lion um, the way he runs away from punt returners is 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 borderline atrocious. I mean, it's. I I don't know, Gary. If that were me, it'd be tough to show my face in the locker room the next day when when you run away from from punt returners the way Scott has the last couple of games. It's one thing that he's a lousy punter. It's another thing that he doesn't have the Kahunas to try to tackle a guy like Rager or Cole running down the sideline and then he's backpedaling instead of stepping forward and taking away the sideline against these guys. I mean, that's that that's not football, Gary. That's ballerina dancing. I don't know if he deserves a spot on a roster the way that is the way that is played out.
0: I, I thought the last time I saw something so comical was Gary premium. Remember that?
1: I do. <laughs> I, I keep I a do.
0: touchdown, <laughs> but I can't tackle anybody. You know? Oh,
1: no, you're you you're spot on, and that's 40 years ago, 45 years ago, isn't it, Gary? So, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. Um, you know, Scott had a punt blocked in the win over the Texans you know, we're back to Manenga here in, all, in this laundry list of problems, Yeah. yeah. you know, but, but, but Shepard fumbles the kick against the Colts when it was 28 all about a month ago. And, and it leads to an Indianapolis field goal that that gave them their first lead to the game at 31 28. If you remember back to the 49er game about five, six weeks ago, the Packers failed to secure an onside kick. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Gary, it's, it's so hard right now in today's NFL, the way they've changed these rules for the kicking team to ever recover an onside kick it's like five percent is what's happening now when when it used to be 15 or whatever it was I mean the the odds have decreased dramatically so this this whole uh, you know this whole list of things Gary too it's it isn't like it's over the course of the season I'm just looking here the San Francisco game was November 5 so we're talking in a in in a series here of, of what? Five football games, right? San Francisco, Jacksonville, Indy, Chicago, and Philly. Those last five games, right? They can't get the punt or, I mean, they can't get the uh, onside kick against the 49ers kick return, the punt return for a touchdown against the Jaguars. The, the fumble against the Colts. They played a really good special teams game actually against the bears. And now Rager goes 77 yards on Sunday. I mean, it's, it's a mess, Gary. People remember Brandon Bostic in 2014, the Packers were a mess that year too on, on special teams. At some point, this does jump up and bite you in the backside. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and if you're in a field goal game late with the saints in the playoffs, or you're tied with the Rams and, and now all of a sudden you're, you know, you've got little Tavon Austin in there. Who's a, who's a career fumbler the guy they just picked up last week and and now they're i think they're going to put their special teams hopes on on his shoulders my thought there is good luck with that um he's averaged seven and a half yards his career on punt returns and he's a fumbler but you know just whoever it is gary and whatever the situation is if, if you can't get your special teams corrected and fixed it will cost you at some point in time and that's where these packers are headed they're they're actually playing really, really good right now on defense, and they've and they've played A plus uh, on offense all season long. But when you play D or a D minus or F football on special teams, at some point in time, it's going to get you, Gary, and, and that's where this group is trending.
0: Oh, no question. Yeah, we, we saw that uh, several times and some. You know, last week uh, in our parting shot, I, I praised Mason Crosby, and rightfully so. But I'll I'll tell you what, he can't keep missing extra point attempts you know, it, it, to me, it's like, you excusable.
1: Yeah. Right. No, that that's two, isn't it? In the last couple yeah. of weeks, like, it isn't an amazing Gary. I I was going to add this up. I haven't done it yet, but I, I was watching a, a decent amount Sunday before I got to, you know, got over to Lambo, and, uh, and just paying attention to box scores and then listening on the radio on my car ride. Gary, there were so many missed extra points on Sunday. I, I yeah, ten or twelve. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't know it was what ridiculous. it is with these guys. All of a sudden, it's a thirty-two yard kick. I mean, these these guys probably make that as a field goal, you know, 99 percent of the time. And and on Sunday, I know alone there there had to be a dozen extra points missed. It's it's, it's remarkable. And I know the NFL really. Really kind of likes this. They they hated the fact that that twenty yard kick, you know, the extra point for all those years was was borderline automatic, and it's not that way anymore. I mean, no, 7 percent of the time, teams are winding up with six instead of seven, and uh, and and the league definitely likes that, and it leads to a lot of these chases, you know, chases later on in the game as as teams to try to get that point back and they go for two points already starting in the second quarter it makes for some fun tv and some entertaining scores and and things like that but man gary the the kickers around the league are are, are shocking me with how many extra points they're missing and it it's been that way the last few years since since the league changed that rule it it really has added a new element to the game
0: yeah, it really has uh, speaking of changes remember when Aaron Rodgers first came to green bay and uh he wasn't exactly buddy buddy with Brett Favre and Uh, all all of a sudden now those two are like joined at the hip and uh the other day Favre comes out and says Rodgers could possibly be the greatest player not the greatest quarterback the greatest player ever I don't know about you Rob but I'm not (laughs) I'm not ready to anoint him the uh, greatest player ever and and, and Favre, you know, kind of blew off the fact that he's only won one Super Bowl. I mean, you can't blow that off. That, that, that's one of the reasons you're the greatest. I mean, Michael Jordan in basketball won a lot of NBA titles, you know. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just thought it was rather interesting. I'm not sure what prompted it, but uh, your thoughts.
1: I'm spot on with you. Jordan had six rings. Tom Brady has six rings. Um, at least when it comes to the NFL that to me is is where the buck starts and stops with Tom Brady six championships yeah because on, to, on, on top of the titles that Brady has won Gary I mean he's put up miraculous stats and big time stats through the years as well so you combine the stats of the championships and at the end of the day that's what it's about is championships I mean Dan Marino is never going to get credit or or get the due that he probably deserves as um, being maybe one of the top six or eight quarterbacks. He's probably going to always be thought about between, I don't know, ten and fifteen, something like that, because he never won a championship. Right. Brent Favre would certainly be talked about, I think, in a different light himself if the Packers had beaten Denver in in the nineteen ninety seven Super Bowl instead of losing that game. And Rogers, to me, Gary, has to be the same way right now. I mean. There, there's no doubt if Rogers gets to two or three championships before he's done, he enters that conversation among top five ever, right. With um, you know, probably Brady one and, and Montana two. And to me, at least um, you know, Peyton Manning, Terry Bradshaw, I'm, I'm big on rings, Gary. You, 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 Same you here. Same. And you enter that discussion of the greatest of all time. I mean, I think farv's somewhere in that five to 10 range and, and mm-hmm. he's up in the top two or three in all likelihood if he gets a couple more rings and and it's going to be the same way for Rodgers um I think when it's all said and done I I think his stats will suggest there's no doubt he's that he's a top 10 quarterback of all time maybe a top 5 um but if he's only got the one ring you know the counter argument is Trent Dilfer has a ring right Brad Johnson has a ring I mean there's I think a, he's a
0: little better than them though
1: <laughs> a little bit there there's no question but but the naysayers will always go down that road. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just telling you Gary that there's a lot of guys and I've written this a bunch of times with one championship. There aren't many when it comes to multiples and, and when, you know, when, when you can start getting two, three, four, something like that, then, then you move to the head of the class and, and, and you have a chance to be the valedictorian or salutatorian. Um, if, if you can, you know, if, if you can get multiple rings, I mean, what Rogers did the other day, Gary, you know, the, the fastest of 400 touchdowns and, you know he he did it by a lot. He he beat Drew Brees by twelve games on his way to to four hundred touchdowns, and 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 that's the fastest all time. And he became the first quarterback to throw thirty five touchdowns in five different seasons. I mean those those are those are pretty heady achievements and accomplishments. And and I know the game is, you know, dramatically different today. It favors offense. I can almost guarantee you this right now, Gary. If Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, all these records that Rodgers is you know, putting up right now, Mahomes is going to shatter at I some point down the road. Couldn't and,
0: agree with you more.
1: You know, and, yep. and we're going to talk about Mahomes versus Brady, I think in about a decade is, is the greatest of all time. But, but I will say this, I mean, this is really fascinating to me, Gary, not only to me is Rogers in the discussion, I think it's between him and Mahomes for MVP. You could make a case that Aaron Rodgers has a, you know, has a legitimate argument to be the comeback player of the year this, wow. this, this season as well. Um, you know, with, you, you with, know
0: who's yeah. going to get that, Rob, though. Yeah, no, I mean, that, I mean that,
1: Alex Smith should that, get that. Thing, that thing
0: is in the bank collecting don't, interest. Don't get
1: me wrong, Gary. No no one has ever been more deserving than Alex Smith. But what I'm telling you is Roger's comeback year here is is absolutely astonishing. I looked this up before, Gary. You know, he, he has his 36 touchdowns right now in 12 games this year, right? Right. Over the 2018 and 2019 season, So, so let's work backwards from 19. So all of 19 and then part of 18, Gary, how many games do you think it took him to throw 36 touchdowns? (laughs) He's got 36 this year, Gary, in 12 games, right? How many do you think it took over the last couple of seasons for him to throw 36,
0: uh, 32.
1: Twenty-four games, so actually double. No, good I, guess. I was
0: definitely taking the high end of that one. Yeah, anyway. I mean,
1: good, 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 good guess though. He's averaging three touchdowns per game this season, where over the last couple of seasons, Gary, that number was one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his rating of one eighteen point five is the second highest of his career. You know, if he if he stays on this pace and gets to forty-eight touchdowns, which is what the pace is that he's on, Gary, at three at three a game, that'll be a career high he's on pace to throw for more yards than any season in his career. And, and we're talking about a guy that not only did the fan base, I would say, or a lot of the fan base write off after let, let's be honest, pretty mediocre 2018, 2019 mm-hmm. seasons for Aaron Rodgers. Let's be honest. Management wrote, wrote him off as well. Cause if management hadn't wrote him off, Jordan love would be, wouldn't be on the football team right now. And, um, the green Bay Packers didn't, didn't draft, for 2020 back in April, did they, they drafted for 2022 and, and beyond. And they, they didn't give this football team here much help whatsoever from that draft class. And yet here, this team sits at nine and three, the same record they were a year ago um, on pace, potentially for 13 and three, a number one or a two seed in the playoffs. It's pretty remarkable Gary. And, and, and if you look for the number one reason why, it's the quarterback and how much better he's been this year than, than he was last year. I mean, Vegas had this team for nine wins when the season started. They're already there, Gary. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already scored more points this season, Gary, than they did all of last year. They scored 376 last year. They're at 379 today. I mean, the, the numbers are fascinating. They're on pace. They're going to score 500 points. And um, the number one reason why is, is, is the quarterback. And, I don't think a lot of people out there thought that was possible when he was 37 years old. So um, I think some of what Brett said there was, 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 was semi semi close and semi accurate. I, I certainly don't think, you know, if he's the best player in the history of the game. Um, one ring can't, you, you, you just, you can't stake that claim. And, Uh, with only one ring to put on your finger it's not over though clearly for well,
0: yeah, you you know what we were just focusing in on quarterbacks I mean when you talk about the greatest player I mean you're talking Jim Brown you're talking Lawrence Taylor you're talking Dick Butkus Uh, you know there's.
1: I mean Gary you can even go back and talk Don Hudson who dominated his era like nobody has right other than maybe Jerry Rice inside a positional group group in the in the history of football and you know, obviously the game was dramatically different 70 years ago when Hudson, Hudson was tearing things up 75 years ago. But, um, you know, if you just look for, you know, um, what, and what Hudson did versus what his contemporaries did back in that time, you could easily make the claim that Hudson's the greatest player in the, in the history of the game. So no, you're, you're exactly right. Um, you know, but, but among quarterbacks, yes. Gary, um, I think it starts and ends with Brady and those six championships and nine trips to super bowls. And what was he in? I, I think 12 conference championship games. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what Brady did during his, his time with the Patriots. And, and to me, Joe Montana is a close second and, um, or at least second. And and then there's, there's maybe a little bit of a gap before we start talking about anybody else.
0: Yeah. I, I, I was just caught off guard by the timing. Why Favre would bring that up now. I mean, I know obviously Rodgers had a very good game on Sunday, but it wasn't like one of his greatest games ever. And, um, you know, it, it was just kind of weird. Like out of the blue, he's calling Aaron Rodgers the greatest ever or possibly the greatest ever. And what I found really interesting, too, is that he would say that because Farce always been kind of reluctant to say he's the greatest whatever, you know what I mean? For him to say that Rodgers was better than him, that's quite a concession
1: it really is. You know, and I listened to a chunk of that interview then yesterday after, after I saw the kind of the quotes being released, Gary, mm-hmm. it, it sounded like they woke Brett up when they, when they made that phone call to him and he he was pretty <laughs> groggy. He was pretty groggy through that whole interview. So I, 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 I like to know the backstory on what Favre was up to before he took that phone call. Um, <laughs> well, at
0: least he didn't say Doug Peterson was the greatest quarterback
1: ever. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. So, no, I mean, I, I, I am with you that they, they were so somewhat surprising comments. Um, these two are though, they're, they're, best buddies the last, the last two or three years. And it, and the cynic that I always am, Gary, at first I thought it was, you know, just, just maybe somewhat of a publicity stunt of something with inside the organization, a way for everybody to make a few dollars yeah. uh, down the road when everybody, when you know when, when when two Hall of Famers like that put their arms around each other and sing "Kumbaya," there's there's a lot of green to be had by uh, by not only them but by the organization them, themselves. I mean, you you look at San Francisco, right? Steve Young and Joe Montana have never done that. There's always been animosity, and I'll tell you what; those two show up somewhere and take pictures and and, and sign autographs. Can you imagine what uh, oh. you know something like that would go for down the road? And you know, no so I'm, I'm sure. You know, I, I, my thought was always that you know are Favre and Rogers up to something like that, and because you know, because that's what cynics like myself do, Gary. They 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 think in those contexts. But uh, no, there there does seem to be a, a a real I don't know kindred spirit all of a sudden between these two guys yeah. with their pals and um, Rogers is spending time down at the the Favre mansion in the offseason season and um, things like that. So it's 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 very interesting because you're spot on. 15 years ago, that that's not something even close that Brett Favre would have have said about Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, you know, I don't know, people grow. I'll still say this, Gary, give me Brett Favre any day of the week over Aaron Rodgers. Um, And and the biggest reason I've always said that is, is Favre took a laughing stock of an organization and he completely turned it around. And I never thought he had the weapons that, that Rodgers has had during, you know, during his 13 years as a starter. Rodgers is an all timer, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. Favre, Favre, turned chicken nonsense into, you know, chicken soup. And Rogers hasn't always had to do that. Uh, Favre played in a much different era too and never came off the field. You're talking 275 straight football games. I mean, that, that guy's an all time warrior. Um, personally, I would take Brett Favre, but um, you know, I know Rogers certainly has his army of, 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 of faithful yeah, um, I, allies as well. So.
0: yeah, And you know what, I'm kind of in that camp too. Uh, I just think, uh, Rodgers is more cerebral. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, you know, but I, I just think he's like an Einstein, you know, football uniform. Uh, just, just the amazingly bright guy, but you know what? We, we talk about Favre and we talk about uh, Rodgers. Let me say this. If I'm in a championship game, I want Bart Starr. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, you know, you don't get the MVP of the first two Super Bowls by not, coming up big in, in big games, you know, and uh star was just incredible. I mean, his composure in, in, in pressure pack games is maybe unparalleled, but uh
1: man. He's, what, Gary, look. he's completely overlooked, isn't he? And all these discussions, he, he really is. all know. the time he played in such a different era, right? Where, where teams ran the ball 60, 65% of the time, where now that is completely flip-flopped and everybody gets so, so you know focused on statistics and things like that well when you were only throwing the ball 22 times a game and you were running the ball 45 times with with that stable of sensational running backs that Green Bay had clearly the numbers passing wise aren't going to be what they were for a Brett or an Aaron and and things like that no you're you're spot on what what is Bart I think 10 and 1 all time he was in the playoffs he lost his first playoff game and never lost another one I mean Good luck finding someone to ever match that, right? I mean, we yeah, can I mean, yeah. we we can go through. I mean, it it it's it's a pretty easy argument if you want to make that argument too for star with with, with postseason success, right? Aaron Rodgers yeah. has been downright awful as we've chronicled in in yeah. NFC Championship games. Brett Favre has a long litany and list of 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 nonsense that that he's done in the postseason, right? The six picks against Correct. Rams. Right, the the Eagles game and in, in the two thousand and, and, and three playoffs and just just on and on and um so yeah I mean if if you want to go down that that route and make that case for star you it it it's a pretty easy one to make Gary.
0: Well, I'll tell you what I mean. Aaron Rodgers deserves all the accolades, you know, that are coming his way this season. I mean, he's having an incredible season unfortunately he's going to finish second in the MVP <laughs> you know because I would
1: I would think that's accurate yes
0: because I mean let's let's face it Mahomes is having an epic season I mean what he what he's doing is just beyond belief I mean he's like a machine out there but uh anyways as much as Rodgers has produced uh, I think we'd uh be missing the point if we didn't give some credit here to Lafleur. Well, what what he has done w- with that offense is absolutely amazing. I mean, you watch a ton of football games. I watch a ton of football games, and he's without a doubt one of the best uh, play callers you know in the NFL. But for whatever reason, if you go back and you look at what he did last year, what he's doing this year, incredibly, he doesn't get a lot of recognition. I mean, if you listen to any of the national broadcasts. And uh, the, the topic is, you know, coach of the year. He, he's never mentioned. It, it, it's just amazing.
1: I looked online earlier today. Do you know where he ranks right now? And in, in, in the current odds for coach of the year out of the 32 coaches, you know what place he's in?
0: I'll bet he's probably like seventh or eighth, something like that.
1: Yeah. Great guess. He's ninth. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's unbelievable. And, 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 and listen to this Gary, you know, if, Here's a few guys ahead of him, for example. Ron Rivera. Mm -hmm. The Redskins are five and seven. I I agree. Great
0: guy. Great guy, but not coach of the
1: year. I I I respect the fact he's beating what he's beating off the field and um that that he's that he's gotten that team to play a little better and he's 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 got a coach for a a goofball of an owner. But hey, they're five and seven, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, (laughs) Cross them off.
1: I mean, Mike Mike Vrabel right now is ahead of um of Matt LaFleur come on Tennessee's eight and four right I mean uh, did you expect them to win more in a playoff game probably not right right um I'm just looking at Frank Reich and Mike Vrabel inside that very overrated AFC South are ahead of him right now um let me look at some others here that I would that I would have have issues here with Now, now some of these guys are certainly legit Gary I, I know, even Tom, what Tomlin is. remains the favorite, even though they lost last night. Yep. Um,
0: He's in my top three
1: to the Redskins. Right. Brian Flores at Miami is, is second, but again, they're, they're second in their division. Mm. I'm not sure I'd, I'd put him quite that high. Uh, right Stefanski here. has done a really nice job in Cleveland. They're nine and three overall. He's third in the odds here that I'm, that I'm looking at Gary. Um, and, and, and I think that probably makes some sense. And that's legit because, Cleveland hasn't won anything in forever, kind of like the dolphins there. So that'll, that'll get you some votes, but, but Gary, keep in mind. And, you know, we, we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Nobody thought green Bay was going to be this type of team this season.
0: No, a lot right? of these guys, a a of these guys
1: get love when, you know, in, in August and September, they're predicting a team's going to be six and 10 or eight and eight. And then they win 10, 11 games and make the playoffs. I mean, Green Bay had, was, was picked to finish second in the NFC North by Vegas nine and seven was, was the number that Vegas put on them. When the year started, most people thought the offseason for the Packers was so abysmal and so dreadful um, in the, in the fact that they largely ignored the draft and, and they certainly took more hits in free agency than, than most people did that, that they were going to take a dramatic step back. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, these they're on pace for 12 and four, 13 and three again.
0: Yeah. These are my three choices. Okay. okay. Three, I got Tomlin. Yeah. You touched on it. They're 11 to one. They should have won their game this week. They, they blew that. They, they should be un, unbeaten yet. My number two pick is, is, a, is a surprise and it's Sean Payton and you know, they're 10 and two, but the fact that they lost arguably their top two players on offense in Drew Brees, what did he miss? Three games.
1: Yep. But- it's at think- three right now, Gary
0: three right now and, and Michael Thomas missed several games early in the season. Um, I, I think you know to keep rolling like they are I mean Taysom Hill's is a nice quarterback but my goodness I don't think anybody's uh, gonna have a bust waiting for him in the uh, Pro Football Hall <laughs> of Fame and then my first choice is the fanski and uh, the Browns are like six and ten last year and granted they have talent but they're underachieving and He's come in there and really solidified that franchise. And then on top of it, Rob, I know his father. So <laughs> well, there you go. So who was the uh, GM of the uh, Detroit Pistons and a really nice guy. But you know what, when, when he left Minnesota again, I brought Chris Thompson's name up before on these podcasts, a friend of mine who covers the Vikings. He and I talked about that when Stepanski left and I said, you know what? I think that's really going to impact them somewhat. I mean, they still got Cook and, and some very nice offensive players, but Stefanski just uh, really, really, I think, is a, a very good young coach.
1: And, Gary, just kind of on a side note there, that, that's the second roster that John Dorsey has put together. He put together the one in Kansas City, and now he's put together this one yes. in Cleveland. That is, it, you know, the, the Chiefs went on to win a Super Bowl you know, I think the Browns are going to be in the playoffs the next four or five years with as much quality young talent they have, as long as Baker Mayfield keeps it together and um, you know at least plays serviceable football. They don't need him to be great because they're pretty darn good in a lot of other areas. But John Dorsey, the ex-Packer executive, as um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people thought he'd have a chance to to replace Ted Thompson when they did, went. To did he ever boot. get in the mix? Do
0: you think there was there ever a consideration to hire him or?
1: Oh no, I, I'm sure that without question, um, you mean back in green Bay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think at various times he, he was certainly on the, on the leading list of candidates to become the next Ted. Um, but it, it, for a number of reasons, it didn't work out that way, but, you know, Dorsey was let go in, in both Kansas city and Cleveland. And if, if there was some patients there, you're talking about two rosters there that are probably among I mean, the Chiefs have the best roster probably in football and the Browns are in the top five or six um, rosters that Dorsey put together. So mm-hmm. a lot of times when a guy gets fired twice or leaves twice like he did, it's tough to find work again. But but what those teams are doing looks pretty good on his resume right now. If You know, if, if he does resurface, it's it's a pretty easy hire to sell to the fan base. Um, I'm, I'm off on a tangent there, Gary, because I it's OK. I like Dorsey. I, and, and 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 I and I hope he finds another job because I think he's really really good at what he does. But he, here are my top three. Okay. And, okay. And and by the way, where did you have Lafleur?
0: I had him fourth. I, I was kind of okay. had him, and I, I wanted to move him to three. But I, I mean, what Tomlin's done it, it is pretty amazing. I mean, to go this far, being undefeated with all the injuries, all the uh, things you know related to COVID. Uh, I th- I think he's just just done a really good job i mean i think he's one of the best coaches in football period and uh, he's proven that over the
1: years he's never had a losing record gary isn't that amazing that is amazing absolutely 14 seasons and you know and and again i'm off on a slight tangent here i'll 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 even i'll even say it before i start yeah that's all right that's what podcasts
0: are for you know
1: (laughs) all these organizations like the lions and the jaguars and and people like that, the jets you'll see here in a couple of weeks, when, when they move on from Adam gaze that, that changed their coach over every three years, yeah. all they need to do is look at places. Don't they like, like a Pittsburgh, like green Bay, where they had Mike McCarthy in place for all those seasons, these places where coaches stay put. I mean, it's, it's 14 years now for Tomlin, obviously Belichick in new England. Um, when, when you can get that, level right of just continuity and 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 you just you 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 know the you know you know the expectations the demands what what that coach wants from you year in and year out and and there's not all this constant reshuffling of of gms and coaches it it leads to success on the field i mean they've got it figured out in in pittsburgh don't don't they only have three coaches since you know i mean didn't go noel to um to coward to tomlin Right. Am, am I right there? So we're probably talking 50 years there, aren't we, Gary? I mean, that, that yeah. that's unbelievable. So no, I, I'm with you on Tomlin, Gary. I, I had him three um, and it's probably not high enough um, to be honest. It, it, it's a really good year actually of, mm-hmm. of candidates overall. I think there's five or six really mm-hmm. deserving guys. Like okay. I don't even have Tom uh, Sean Payton, for example, in my top three. And, sure. and, and I probably should, but I mean, Tomlin's 11 and one w- with absolutely no running game to speak of, like, right. like you said, a team that has been absolutely dorked around with by the league all season. When it comes to this COVID thing, they're playing on a Tuesday here and a Thursday there and a, and a Wednesday here and stuff like that. I mean, they, they've really been screwed with by, by the league. And uh, up until the Washington game last night, they, they just don't blink. Um, so, and, and, and Tomlin may wind up getting it, Gary, if they can get to 15 and one, they're going to stay the number one seed. They've got mm-hmm. the tiebreaker over the chiefs. And if Tomlin gets it, I don't, I, I. mean, I, I think he's more than deserving to get it. Um, I did have Matt LaFleur number two. Um, sure. I, I, I don't think a lot of people had, you know, Green Bay being any better than second or third in the division, maybe a push on making the playoffs, at best a wild card team. I think the odds on them coming into the season, Gary, were about 50-50 to make the playoffs. And we're sitting here today talking about them being a one or a two seed when, it, when it's all said and done um, a, a pretty soft schedule coming home. And, and, and I don't think they're going to go worse than three and one, which is going to put them into that two seed at worst. And, and, uh, and if they can win out Gary, I think their odds at the one seed are outstanding because New Orleans still has to play Kansas city. Um, no, what, what LaFleur has done, how much credit you want to give him, how much credit you want to give other people, but, but Gary, he, he got absolutely no help in the draft. He got no help in free agency. Good I wrote down seven Good guys points. earlier that yep. that I think have made dramatic jumps in their games this year and and how much of that you want to put on the player how much of that you want to put on the floor and the coaching staff is certainly subjective but here here's a, the only way this team was going to get better or, or stay 13 and 3 Gary is is improving from within because they didn't get a lot of help from outside the building heading into 2020 oh, yeah. but mm-hmm. now you're, you're talking about play here's a list of guys Gary that I think have taken their games up dramatically this season. Number one, Robert Tanyan. Mm -hmm. number number two, Rashawn Gary, number three, DeMonte Adams, believe it or not. I mean, DeMonte has taken it to a whole new level for DeMonte. Number four, Elton Jenkins, number five, Darnell Savage, number six, Alan Lazard. When he, when he's been healthy, I know he's been dinged, but when he's on the field, he's been really good. And then amazingly, like we talked about earlier in the segment, Number seven, Aaron Rodgers, who's who's just taken it to a whole nother level. He's clearly the most important guy there out of the seven that I just mentioned in terms of being most improved packers uh, this season. But you know, whether you want to give Matt LaFleur twenty percent of the credit for that or eighty percent is I guess up to you. But he's had a role in it. And he's twenty two and six as a head coach now in Green Bay, which is which is pretty darn hard to do. And, um, so I, I've got him number two, Gary, because expectations weren't high. And again, he, he received almost no help last off season. And then my coach of the year is Sean McDermott in Buffalo. Wow. Um,
0: wow. That is a surprise. A little okay. bit
1: of a wild card. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I know he's not getting all the love nationally and stuff like that, but I mean, New England has dominated that division for two decades mm-hmm. and, and Buffalo is going to win it. Um, Gary, I think Buffalo is the second best team in the conference right now. Um, I, I actually think they're better than Pittsburgh. I know, I know Pittsburgh's obviously got the number, uh, number one seed right now and it has the better record, but I think Buffalo playing the second best football in that conference behind, behind the chiefs, what he's done with Josh Allen and what that staff has done with Josh Allen. A lot of people scoffed when, when, when they made that pick and kind of a, you know, kind of a gunslinger wild card player from the middle of nowhere where they where they found him in Wyoming, right? A big cannon arm and um, beats you with his feet as much as he does his arm sometimes. Um, Gary, they played terrible offense in Buffalo the last couple of years. They were under 20 points a game. They've kind of revamped that offense, found some weapons. Um, McDermott's taken full advantage and and they, and they look like a top 10 offense and the defense has always been solid and strong. Gary, if they can get themselves to 12 and four, I, I'm not telling you he's going to win it, but after Belichick has dominated, dominated that division for all these years, uh, for McDermott and the Bills to go take it away and, and maybe be the two or the three seed in the conference here, you know, that, that's some heady stuff. That. That's a tall task, what they're going to pull off there. And um, I, I give them a lot of credit. That, that's a franchise on the up. And uh, I think McDermott deserves a lot of credit.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, as you noted, there are a lot of legitimate candidates and, uh, obviously there's four more games to go. So a lot of things can happen, but what, what a, a you know, impressive list of uh, coaches.
1: Yeah. Great list.
0: All right. Let's, uh, I'll tell you what, um, we are, <laughs> we are going off in tangents, uh, left and right here, but that's okay. That's the beauty of a podcast, but real quickly, Give me your power ranking, the Rob Roeschel power ranking. Uh, I'll give you mine first, okay? Sure. Uh, I have your boys, the Bills, at number five. Okay. I have them slightly behind the Steelers. I have the Packers in at three. Then I have the Saints. And then at number one, and, and <laughs> they've been number one now for a long, long time, the Kansas City Chiefs.
1: We have the exact same five teams, Gary, just slightly different order. Okay, we're on the same. I, page. I will. I will I say that's that...
0: good or bad, but we're on the same page. I,
1: <laughs> no, I, 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 I think it's a great minds think alike. Let's go with that. I like that. Um, I, I will say this: a five B or a six A. I, I do have the Rams. I, I think the Rams are going to be a really tough out for somebody, and I, I still think they've got a really legitimate chance to to go back to another super bowl here under under that to me what's a brilliant head coach in McVay. So they're just outside the top 5 but they're charging Gary. 5 I have the Steelers, okay. 4 I have the Bills, so you and I just flip-flop those two spots. 3 I have the Saints, okay. 2 I have Green Bay oh,
0: and right. number
1: 1 number <laughs> 1 by 10 points by at least a touchdown over everybody else are the Chiefs. Um who who seem to be a little bit bored right now and and they're playing to their level of competition but i'll tell you what come the postseason man i and and, and probably even the last four games of the year here i would think andy Reid and the chiefs start hammering people again they don't they're not going to beat people by six points like they beat the broncos the other night i think they're going to start drilling people again gary and um, and i and i think they're going to roll through the playoffs and. Barring a major injury, they're going to win their second straight Super Bowl. But number one to me is are the Chiefs.
0: Yeah. You know, Rob, uh, when, I, when I was doing some research for this, uh, for specifically the Chiefs, I was thinking, like, I think in terms of offense, high-powered offense, creative offense, can light it up at, at any time. And I noticed that they have scored 370 points, which is a lot, right? You know, the Packers have scored 379.
1: <laughs> Green Bay Green Bay's first in the league in scoring Gary. I mean, it's remarkable. I know, I,
0: you know, I, I totally lost track of that. I mean, I, I know they're putting up numbers, but I, to, to, for them to have more than Kansas city. Yeah. That's, that's interesting.
1: Gary, you know, what really separates the chiefs too is is they can win in any kind of weather. Um, they've obviously got just that bevy of remarkable pass catchers, right. With, Mm -hmm. with, with Hill and Kelsey and, and Watkins Watkins and, Nicole Hardman. And obviously, you know, I think we can already say one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks in history. And he's, he's already climbing quickly. Um, So they can throw, they can throw the ball around on a, you know, if, if they're on turf or if they're inside a dome and, and score 40 or 45 that way. But just, just remember, I mean, that head coach, you know, the old tight end coach from, from green Bay and from BYU loves to line up with a couple of tight ends and, and two backs and just hammer the ball at you all day long too. I mean, Andy, Andy Reed, if it's, if it's 10 degrees out, Gary, he can line up and, and he'll beat you with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and he'll, he'll hammer Le'Veon Bell at you and they'll go two tight ends and they'll beat the nonsense out of you that way too. So, um,
0: Absolutely,
1: where, where, where a team like Pittsburgh's throwing the ball 50 times a game and has absolutely no run, run game whatsoever. Eventually that's going to catch up with you. Kansas city can beat you no matter how you want to play football. And, and that's what makes them so deadly and so scary. And, and then on top of it, that defense is solid. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be great because that offense is going to score 35 a game and then someone it matters and they just need that defense to be in the middle or so of, of most statistical categories. And, and they are, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's a very formidable defense in, in top to bottom. I just, I think the chiefs have just separated themselves from the rest of the league by quite a bit, Gary.
0: Exactly. Well, Rob, it's uh, time for us to do our weekly around the NFC North and, uh, Suffice to say, we don't have to spend a lot of time because there's not a lot of time <laughs> to give these teams. Uh, the Bears and Lions have been pathetic. It, you know, what what happened to the Bears on Sunday was embarrassing to say the least. Um, the question I have for you, though, Rob, is: You got Foles and you got Trubisky, okay? And you got a fair amount invested in both those guys. But if you're the Bears, and most likely you're going to have a top what? top five top 10 pick at worst
1: well what are they five and seven Gary so yeah I mean that puts you in that 10 to 12 range probably right now you've got to be pretty bad to get top five you've got to be four and 12 range yeah five and 11 range when it's when it's all said and done I don't know their last four games but it doesn't look like they're going to win a whole lot more does it they're going to probably finish about six and ten which yeah you're right Oh, coach
0: okay. about 10. The, the the question i have for you though is i i talked to a scout recently and he claims there's going to be at least six quarterbacks taken in the first round and he's really high he thinks this is like a bumper crop of qbs right sure if you're the bears and let's say theoretically you're you're sitting at 12 and there's a you know one of those blue chip quarterbacks do you take them
1: oh you have to neither one of those guys is the answer i mean that that that's clear um I don't know all the specifics on that Foles deal, Gary. I'd have to go look that up. But a lot of times, the way those are structured, maybe it was a two-year deal they signed them for. But but it had some easy outs after one. Um, they're they're not going to pick up that fifth year, are they? On Mitch with oh, the,
0: with I, the I, I can't I can't imagine that happening.
1: No, I way. mean, so they've I my where I'm going with that, Gary is is I think they'll. They'll probably be able to move on from both these guys relatively easy if they want. I mean, maybe they bring back one as the starter for next year. It certainly won't be both guys Um, and, and try to groom a young guy for four, six, eight games and, and then turn it over to that, to that other player somewhere in October, right? (laughs) Whoever that is. Um, You've seen around the league here, Gary, that rookie quarterbacks now they're, they're so far ahead of where they were a decade or two ago. They can come in right away and help. I mean, Joe Burrow was, was on pace for a monster year and it, you know, he, he just didn't have any blocking in, uh, in Cincinnati. Herbert's having, you know, other than Sunday, Herbert's having a really good year with the chargers Two was winning a lot of games with Miami. I mean, these, these rookie quarterbacks, Gary, can come in and play right away. We've, we've seen that the last few years. And uh, no, I, I think without question, the bears have to start, have to completely start over and they'll start over with the most important position on the field, which is obviously quarterback. Um, the problem for the bears Gary is they haven't gotten that thing right in 40 years. So, or 30 since, since McMahon, um, was, was done and what, what kind of guarantee is there they'll, they'll get it right this time is, is obviously a question. And then the other question becomes, who's making that pick, right? Because I don't think, I don't think Ryan Pace is safe as GM and if they move right. on from the GM, they're going to move on from the head coach. So um, the question becomes, you know, who, who's in that seat, trying to, trying to, trying to find a way to get Justin Fields to Chicago.
0: You know, we uh, touched on the Lions last week uh, and, and the fact that they are going to be looking for a new head coach. and There's a uh, campaign going on in Michigan to, hire robert sala apparently he grew up outside detroit i think if i'm not mistaken yeah we we made our pitch for nathaniel hackett what about daryl bevel do you if you're the lions do you stick with this guy or do you you make a uh, totally clean break
1: so they're five and seven right gary right let's just say somehow they catch lightning in a bottle and get to nine and seven and steal that seventh playoff spot I, I would think Darryl Bell definitely
0: be lightning in a bow.
1: <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. I, again, I, obviously, I, I don't know their schedule after they yeah. play Green Bay this week. Gary, a lot of years, it, it's not a problem with talent in in Detroit. And and I think they've certainly got enough pieces on offense. Uh, I mean, you saw Stafford throw for 400-plus yards against the Bears uh, on Sunday. There's, there's a stable of wide receivers there. The tight end is outstanding, a good young running back. My, my point is even if they get to eight and eight Gary and let, let's say they're able to do that so they're four and one then with Beville, Mm-hmm. I, I think there's a chance I mean this is clearly an audition for him um, he, he's got a nice track record as as the offensive coordinator in a couple of different spots um, you know obviously that that Super Bowl loss is always going to hang with him
0: you, and you read my mind, Rob.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean there's there's no okay. doubt that that's a tough one to escape, much like Ed Donatel in Green Bay with the with the fourth and twenty-six of the Greg Williams zero blitz in the Jets Raiders game. Yeah, the other day, right. When when you throw at the one yard line, when you have Marshawn Lynch and and and, and you choose to throw it and, and and you turn the ball over down there and lose the Super Bowl, it's it's tough to overcome. But hey, Daryl Bevel's a really good creative offensive mind. Um, offenses is, is still, I think what most, uh, most teams are looking for first and foremost that, that a bevel and the lions close the year strong, Gary. I, I don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that that happens. I'm, you know, back to your thing with Salah, I think Salah going to be a head coach soon. And I think he's going to be a pretty good one. I just, I can't stand it, Gary, when, when politicians all of a sudden think they know who's best to run a, a very, a, a football team. And then they do those, you know, those, those type of whatever petitions around, a an area and things like that just stay in your lane right let's yeah. let football people decide football things and pipe down and you know that 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 that, that that's my thought on that gary but um
0: yeah you, know, you what, know the the last team we want to talk about in the uh, nfc north the minnesota Vikings. i mean again they're 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 on a respirator they're six and six um that their last two games, Rob, were against the Jaguars and Panthers, okay? I, I don't think uh, any of those teams will go down as one of the all-time greats in football history, but the, the, Bear, or the Vikings won those two games by a combined four points. <laughs> you know, I mean, they, they, they barely beat these bad teams, and they still have Tampa Bay and New Orleans on their schedule. And, uh, I would think it's a lot, you are going to lose at least one. So, uh, again, they're, they're, they're just clinging, you know, for my support at this time.
1: Well, Gary, you know, they're, they're up to tide for the number seven spot now with Arizona yes. Arizona's yes, slipping. They are, you know, so I, I don't know how all those tiebreakers work and they'll obviously change here down the stretch. I, I'm pretty sure those teams did not play head to head and won't this year. So then it comes to conference record and strength of victory and all that kind of stuff. I'm just looking at Minnesota's schedule. All of a sudden Gary here is I, I got it called up as we're going here. So at Tampa Bay, which should be well-rested and off a bye, tough game for the Vikings to win, but then they're home with the bears who are, who are in, in the middle of a free fall. They go to the saints and, um, Oh, actually, on Christmas Day, Gary. That'll, exactly. That'll be fun.
0: Exactly. And the Saints, no, they can't afford to lose that game.
1: So. Saints can't afford to lose that game. Nope. So that's tough, obviously. And and then they finish up at Detroit, which they'd be a favorite in that game. I mean, mm-hmm. Gary, if they find a way to steal one of those games between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, which is obviously a, a tough task, but if they can, they can get to. If they can win three of their last four and get to nine and seven, that might be good enough to pass Arizona for that final spot. I mean, keep in mind, Arizona that division um when, when they've got to when they've got to see the rams the seahawks and the 49ers as often as they do i mean that that's murderer's role um and i know the 49ers are beat up and not the same 49ers from a year ago but that division's just so good that arizona doesn't have as many off days as teams like minnesota inside the nfc north when you get the bears twice and the vikings twice so i i still think minnesota's a coin flip with arizona for that seven spot uh gary and, and yeah. the 49ers i think are are, are sitting in what ninth now, probably at five and seven. Right. Um, Gary, and I'll just tell you what, from a Packer perspective, let's just say the Vikings find a way to steal that seven spot right <laughs> now. Green Bay's in the two hole. I know where um, he's uh, going. <laughs> yep. It's New Orleans, Green Bay, and the Rams right now is the top three. If Green Bay's in that two spot and has to open the playoffs against Delvin cook and the Vikings, I think yeah. that might be the matchup. They want least the Vikings know the Packers inside and out. Packers know the Vikings inside and out as well, Gary. But so what? That doesn't mean they can tackle Dalvin Cook and and he's he could have twenty eight carries that night for two forty seven and a couple of touchdowns or something like that. It's it's a bad matchup, Gary, for the Packers. We said it all the first half of the season. The Vikings were a team that were was going to be ascending here. And I know you said they only won those last couple of games by a few points. It doesn't matter. The bottom line is they won those games. They got themselves back into playoff contention and here they are down the stretch battling, you know, for, for one of those uh, playoff berths. And, you know, I, I, I think in general, I like the way things could line up for green Bay, but if they'd have to start off against Minnesota, Gary, that, 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 that's just, that's a bad matchup that, that, that's really a tough, tough draw for the Packers. If, if it winds up being the two, seven game down the road.
0: You know, Rob, last week uh, we asked our listeners if they had any questions for us. Uh, We would try to address them on our our next podcast. And we got uh, several really, really good questions. But one of the uh, funnier ones came from Jeff Holstead from Libertyville, Illinois. And uh, he said, quote, do the Packers have a coach who could play quarterback in case of a COVID fiasco? something like what happened with the Denver Broncos. And <laughs> great, great question. I mean, you know, with COVID, who who, who the hell knows what's going to happen? But uh, the only guy, I mean, the guy that came to mind right away for me was Matt LaFleur, the guy played, you know, uh, D2 football at uh, Saginaw Valley State and was a quarterback there. And then I remember this, but I didn't remember, it, but he a- actually played in the National Indoor Football League with, with one of my favorite Nicknames, the Omaha Beef. <laughs> you gotta love that. I wonder if they're still in existence. You know, probably not. But uh, and he also played for the uh, Billings Outlaws. Another another great one. But uh, any other coaches uh, you, that came to mind for you?
1: Well, so first off, the NFL. You know, Denver tried to do that with with one of their coaches, yes. and the NFL nixed it. And, and the NFL just said, no, we're we're not going to allow you to activate a coach to to play quarterback. So in all likelihood that that rule wouldn't change the the NFL was making an example that day of the Broncos and, and pretty much said, Hey, if, if, if you let COVID in your building, get out of hand, this is pretty much the punishment. You're, you're going to play a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. Who's going to complete one pass all game, but the Packers actually do would have a really intriguing candidate on the staff, their quarterback coach. And he, and he coordinates the passing game for him. His name, Luke Getze. Mm-hmm. He's actually younger than Aaron Rodgers. He's 36. He played at Akron. Um, and he was a pretty darn good quarterback at Akron. He led the Mac Gary in passing yards as a junior and a senior no um, so yeah. twice. He, twice, he led a conference in passing yards and that's not, and it's not that long ago either, Gary, really it's all five and six, yeah. you know, so it's only yeah. 14 years ago. Um, he's, he knows the offense as well as anybody, obviously inside and out, he could probably jump under and and, and throw the ball around a little bit and it would look better than what Denver did. Um, I mean, I mean, gets, holds 24 school records, Gary, at Akron. So the guy was a pretty good quarterback there, but the, the bottom line, the long and the short of it is the NFL is just not going to allow that to happen there. They made an example of the Broncos. They're not going to back off of that now and change the rules for right, somebody else right. down the road uh, because, you know, Elway and that group would go absolutely ballistic and, and rightfully so. So,
0: oh, Elway uh, should have suited up. That would have been interesting. He sure
1: should have. If, if anybody could have worked his way onto a field, it's probably John Elway. He's got a lot of pull and clout in this league, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, uh, another interesting question, and it got me thinking too, comes from Gregory Black of Janesville, and he said, quote, would you rest anyone before the playoffs? Now, he's referring to the Packers, and the one guy that popped in my mind was Aaron Jones. I think it's absolutely essential. He's healthy and fresh for the playoffs. If the Packers want any chance going deep into the playoffs. And the other guy I thought of on the defensive side is Kenny Clark. That, That poor guy's body just must be a train wreck at this point, taking all those double team blocks, et cetera. And I thought, man, if these guys could just, you know, get a little break between now and the playoffs, that would really pay, pay off uh, for the Packers.
1: Well, you know how they can get that break, Gary? They can get the number one seed. Exactly. And, yep. you know, unfortunately for the Packers, they w- they won't be in a position, at least during the regular season, to rest anybody because right now they're a game back of the Saints and, and they want that number one seed desperately. I mean, New Orleans isn't going to lose more than one more football game, are they? The the, the probably the only game the Saints, I mean, the Saints have won nine in a row. They're 10 and two overall. In all likelihood, Gary, the only game the Saints might lose is, and, and probably will lose, is, is their game against the Chiefs. I, I would think they'll be a six-point underdog in that game. Again, like we talked about, I think Kansas City is a touchdown better than everybody. That game just happens to be in New Orleans, so the line won't be a touchdown. You know, so Green Bay's going to have to win out, Gary, and, and finish 13 and three to pass the Saints for that one seed. Well, you get the one seed this year, Gary, you get a week off. You get the two through seven, and you're playing immediately the following week. In, in, in past years, when there were only the, the six playoff teams per conference, the one and the two uh, had a week off in each conference. So there were four teams. This year, it's only two teams. So the way, the, really, the only way I would say the Packers can get any rest um, and, and really try to get even more healthy than they are now is to steal that one spot from the saints. And, and again, Gary, I I think the odds of that are decent. It's about 30% right now, according to a number of these websites that calculate the odds and percentages of winning various games. I'll be honest. I, I think, I think the odds are even better than that. I think green Bay is going to win out and get to 13 and three. And, and I think the saints are are probably going to finish three and one and also finish 13 and three. If I had a buck to put on either side, Gary, I'd put it on green Bay right now, getting that number one seed,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and then they they get that rest then for the entire football team if something crazy happened Gary and all of a sudden the next two or three games Green Bay won and the Saints lost and and by week 15 or 16 the Packers had the number one spot wrapped up I mean you've obviously got to rest the quarterback don't you and and, and eliminate any risk of him having an injury prior to the playoffs because yep. if they go to Tim Boyle in the playoffs, there's there's clearly no chance of making a deep postseason run. But your other guys I I, I like a lot that that you mentioned. Um, Aaron Jones is really as key for them as anybody in the postseason after Rodgers. And and I know Clark missed some time earlier in the year with injury. So he, he hasn't taken quite as many body blows as some years. Um, but but he's as important and and as as integral uh, to, to that defense as anybody that they have. And, and like you said, Gary, he's gobbling up a couple of blockers on almost every play. And, and, you know, he's got to be beat up by this time of the year. So if you were listing three, four guys and they would rest even more than that, Gary, if they have the, let's just say in week 17, somehow they had the number one seed wrapped up. I mean, they'd sit Bakhtiari, they'd, they, they, you know, they, they would sit Demonte Adams, they, they would sit Jair Alexander, they would sit Zedarius Smith. I mean, they'd sit all these guys, they'd sit their top eight, nine, 10 players. If, if really the game was irrelevant, but, um, but again, Gary, I don't think the odds of that are high whatsoever. I, I think it's going to come down to week 17 and, 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 you know, when, when we're doing this podcast in a few weeks, we're still going to be talking Packers versus Saints for the one seed. I
0: totally concur. You know, if anyone has a question for Rob or I, just send them to our Twitter account with your full name and the city you're from, and uh, we'll try to get you on uh, next week's podcast. All right, Rob, we are uh, heading to the finish line here. And uh, as we do each and every week, we have a parting shot. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll go first. Because I know the idea is to save the best for last, okay? Okay.
1: Well, then I should probably go first, Gary.
0: (laughs) So anyways, mine is uh, Lambeau Field is is massive and spacious. It holds almost 81,000 fans. But uh, Lambeau Field, as we all know, has been a pretty quiet place this year, like almost all the NFL stadiums because of the COVID virus. But the Packers have two games left. And let's hope the Packers brass decides to allow some fans in Lambeau Field for them. Uh, if you check the stats, Brown County, which is where Lambeau Field is located, is in the lower half of counties in the state of Wisconsin for COVID cases right now. Of the 72 counties in the state, Brown County ranks 55th, okay? So they're they're doing a really nice job now. They've they bounced back pretty well. Uh, Brown County's seven-day average case is 367 per 100,000 residents. Which, which, again, is great, and uh, the COVID cases are down substantially. Um, as I noted, Lambeau Field is a massive place, and uh, so let's put some stand, you know fans in the stands again, and uh, nothing crazy, maybe 10,000 fans or so, uh, but there'd still be plenty of room for social distancing and uh, keeping everybody safe, so let's do it.
1: I like it, Gary. Good one.
0: Thank you. Now let's hope uh, Mr. Murphy likes it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm I'm not overly optimistic on that, but we shall see. We shall see. They made small strides here. letting a few people back in. Exactly. Uh, All right. For uh, the next minute or two, I'm going to play Aaron Jones's agent, Gary, and I'm going to make a real simple pitch. If, uh, and I think Packer nation would love to see this. I think Green, the bottom line is Green Bay needs to sign Aaron Jones. Um, pretty simple. In the last 20 years, Gary, they have had one running back, maybe 30 years, even in, even close to, to his level of, of productivity and the dynamic nature he brings to the position. And that was Amon Green. Um, Aaron Jones turned 26 last week, Gary. He's still in his prime the next two or three years. He's not one of these running backs that's getting close to the wrong side of thirty. Take that seventy-seven-yard touchdown run, right? Is is that what it was to finish off the game? Yeah. I think that's I think that's what it was. He's about five yards into that run, and he makes a linebacker miss named Alex Singleton. Um, he he's about fifteen yards into that run, and he makes a free safety named Kavan Wallace miss. Gary. He's he's about fifty yards, fifty-five yards into that run, and the strong safety is still there named Rodney McLeod, and Jones makes him miss. I mean, his combination of speed, vision, strength, power is in the top five without question in the National Football League. I know the Packers have all sorts of salary cap issues coming up. um, But guess what, Gary? So did the Chiefs here about five or six months ago, and they found a way to get Mahomes done, Tyreek Hill done, Travis Kelsey done the main guys, they're going to keep that offense humming along. We have seen here in Aaron Rodgers' 13 years as a quarterback starting, they are a much different offense when they have a dynamic number one running back for, for, for a couple of years, that was Eddie Lacey for a couple of years. That was Ryan Grant. When he was, when he when he, when he was humming along there in those, you know, 07, 08, 09 years, they have had that now the last two seasons with Aaron Jones. Um, I don't think he deserves Dalvin cook money, Gary. I don't, I don't think he deserves, you know, maybe top three running back in the league money, but when there's a will, there's a way and the Packers can move money around. They can cut a guy here or there, but I just, I think Gary, if they're going to stay near the top of the conference over the next two or three years, Jones is key. Jamal Williams will probably end up walking. Somebody's going to give him a chance to be a bell cow um, in another city. AJ Dillon is a still a complete unknown. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think the kid's got potential, but you need two running backs in this league. I think, I think there's easy ways to do the contract. Maybe not easy, but there are ways to do the contract Gary, where you can set it up that you've got some outs after a couple of years, and it's not going to kill you against the salary cap. I just, I think Aaron Jones is the third most important player on that offense. And, um, you know, he, he kind of drove home the point again, the other night, Gary, with, with that long touchdown run that, that put that game away, just, just how vital and how important he is to this football team and, and to this offense. I, again, Gary, I don't, I don't, think the odds are great that he's back in 2021. I think he, he, he might be making his money somewhere else and going to pro bowls somewhere else. Um, but if I'm the green Bay Packers, I, I try like crazy to get him done. He's he, he, he's a model citizen, uh, he's a sensational football player he's a terrific young kid and I go back to this all the time Gary if you're not going to pay somebody like Aaron Jones who are you going to pay and that's well, my rant
0: that was a very very good rant and I couldn't <laughs> agree
1: with
0: you. I couldn't agree with you, with you more Rob you know what you're already in playoff form <laughs> some uh, great observations as usual and uh, i want to thank you rob and i also want to thank our uh, growing legions of listeners all the best take care for more sports news check back every tuesday for our latest show
1: you can also follow gary on twitter at gary whoople and whooplespressbox.com